Recovering Loudly, Episode 1. Yeah, we're up. I know, but I thought you were going to say your name first. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, you say your name first. So, I am Scott. And I am Ashley, and this is Recovering Loudly. Episode 1. Episode 1. The synopsis of us. The synopsis of us. All right, so who's going first? You can go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, you created the buzz buzzword. The, so the buzzword. <laughs> synopsis. The synopsis. Go ahead. All right. So I am Scott. I am a only child. Um, mother was an extreme alcoholic. I come from a family actually full of alcoholics. My dad was as well. Um, I watched my mom go through nineteen different rehabs, and drink everything from rubbing alcohol to listerine. And everything in between. So I've seen the absolute worst of what alcohol can do to a person. Um, I've seen my own mother get raped. Um, Like I've seen the lows of the lows. I had to physically drag my mom into the hospital by her ankles one night Mm. because she was completely unresponsive. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've seen it, you know, and I lived it during the, the, the worst time of any kid's life right which was pretty much one my entire life but like when it got really really bad was right around my seventh grade year Uh, yeah so like at like the peak of when shit shouldn't go bad in a kid's life it's like right at that peak moment seventh grade you know shit's happening to me it's weird my hormones are fucking everywhere and then it just escalated all the way through my high school years which accounted for me doing a lot of really quote unquote smart things <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not smart <laughs> hashtag not so smart but yeah that's that's uh that's pretty much me in a nutshell that's your background that's my background some of it some of your background yeah, yeah. um where i am completely opposite of your background i grew up though my dad was an alcoholic he has been in recovery for 18 years um my home like i wouldn't have even have guessed it like he i don't know like i honestly if somebody would have said he was an alcoholic when he was in active use i probably would have laughed at them because like that's not my dad Right. right um we were well taken care of my parents are still together 39 years later um and I don't know. I grew up in a really like great supportive family. My background didn't start like uh, my drug use didn't start until I was like 33. Um, but I would say my mental downfall started before that. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is like no offense to my ex-husband um, because we all have our shit. Yeah. Um, I think his was bigger than what I could help him with. And, um, and this isn't like one of those things I'm going to get on here and bash people because I made my own choices and chose to live the life that I lived. Um, I do not think I was mentally well. So when him and I got divorced, I actually divorced him for somebody else because I thought like this other person was going to be able to give me what I wanted. Right. Um, and what I needed and yep. what I thought my kids needed. Yep. Um, but he was in active use and 
he denied it for a long time. And when I finally figured out he was using, um, I was, for whatever reason, and probably because I never, like, did any hard drugs. Like, let's right. be honest. The most I ever did was, like, I smoked a little pot and drank a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was my extent. So Pol- I had... Polar opposite of me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was, like, this, like, innocent person right. who had no experience with that. And I was basically told, like, hey, you'll be fine. All right. So then I got into this hard um, use. I used meth. Um, that was my drug of choice. And without getting into details right now, basically I lived a whirlwind for about a year. Um, luckily, it only lasted a year. Yeah. Um, my friend and I joke that I messed up my life um, in one year, what it takes people five or six years to do. Which I, I mean, if you're going to do it. <laughs> if you're gonna go big or go home, <laughs> go I guess. Go big or go home. Um, and I did. I went big. And so then um, I ended up getting arrested. And that kind of started my like steps into recovery as when after I got arrested because like that was I could not use anymore. I didn't really have a choice. Right. So it went from not having a choice to having a choice and by the time I was able to have a choice I was able to make smart decisions for me and my family and that kind of what led me on the path that I'm on is that year of hell. Yeah. Yeah. So It's amazing <clears> when <throat> you go through hell how I mean, and everybody's got their own like way of going through hell, right? Oh, for sure. And it's just, it's amazing though, when you come out of the other side and when you're in hell though, you, you think you're there, you think you're stuck. Oh, for sure. You know, and the depression kicks in and all that shit. And it's just, but I'm going to tell you what, when you do, when you persevere and you try and push and push and push and finally get through that other side, it's amazing. Oh, it's like the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you different. No. I'm parched. My throat is dry. I had to, <laughs> I had to moisten my my throat. Moistened. That sounds sound really bad. <laughs> moisten my moisten throat. Moisten my throat. Yeah, but yeah, you're you're correct, and I think that on both sides, um, being a complete innocent person in the whole situation like you were where you didn't really have a choice in the matter nope. or being somebody who's in full swing active addiction. When you're in a dark place, you're in a dark place. Yeah. You make dark place decisions. Yep. You sure do. Yeah. What, what was the turnaround point for you? For me, I got arrested, but what was it for you? Uh, my third time getting arrested. <laughs> third, what, t- third time's a charm and what do we have here a couple of criminals <laughs> is what you're saying ladies and gentlemen we are criminals <laughs> and recovering loudly with a criminal background <laughs> okay so divulging into like more of your situation yeah do you want to explain kind of more like what aspect for you right now is important to talk about because you have so many angles. I do. You really do. Like you have such a broad spectrum of things that you could talk about. Yeah. I want to know, like why don't actually, I got it. I got it. Why don't you tell your why? Like, why are you here? Why are you sitting in the chair across from me? Well, basically, from what I feel was a very fortunate event in my life 
based off of my own two feet. Mm-hmm. Basically me waking up one morning and going, you know what? What do I want in life? Yeah. You know, because I did drugs. I sold drugs. You mm-hmm. know, my drug of choice to sell was pot, you know. Plus it's the easiest. Yeah, it was, it was the easiest. <laughs> but, you know, I've done, I haven't, I've never done meth and I haven't done heroin, you know, but Smart. I, I've had, I've had some good times, you know, quote unquote, that <laughs> quote unquote. turned out to be not so good times, but you know, yeah. Um, my biggest thing is, you know, I lived through that hell with living with an alcoholic and it, not just an alcoholic, but a very mean and abusive alcoholic. She was terrible. And I mean, this, this woman would physically beat me. And I literally thought, as I was stating earlier, I was stuck in hell, right? I was completely stuck in hell. And, you know, as the listeners will eventually figure it out, it just doesn't end with my mom. You know, there's like a, the whole spider web of basically clusterfuckery in my family. Clusterfuckery. Clusterfuckery. Love that. And uh, I just remember when I was a kid wishing that, you know, you you'd, it's so cliche because, you know, what bothered me as a kid is you had the teachers. And no offense to the teachers, their heart was probably in the right place. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they didn't know how to approach it because chances are they didn't live the hell that I lived. So they didn't know how to talk to me. Mm-mm. Right. Right. And it, in, instead of helping, it actually made me become a recluse and it mm-hmm. made me become depressed. And still to this day, I'm very standoffish. If I don't know you, I'm standoffish because I've been burned so many times in my life as a kid. I just learned to build a defense mechanism. Right. Yeah. So during that time in my life, I always wanted someone that I wish I could just listen to that's been through it. Mm-hmm. in a sense, or just read something about somebody that's went through kind of the similar hell. Cause I know we've all got our, you know, shit. Yeah. And, uh, so my why, I guess essentially is if some, someone out there, whether it may be a parent, maybe a aunt or an uncle, or maybe the kid going through hell, living with their parents, if I can maybe just help them steer down the path that they want to go down, but don't know how to get down. Yeah. That's all I care. That's all I want to do. Yeah, I want, I want, I want, especially young kids out there to know one, it's not your fault. It's never your fault. And I know that's hard to wrap your head around because when you're a kid, you don't get it. No. You don't understand why, which we talked about last week, you know, the, yeah. the why. So if I can just, help a kid figure out his way through life in this moment that he's living in going through this shit. That's, that's all I want. I want to be able to help somebody. Which, and I think this is like an ironic kind of thing because that is exactly the reason why I want to do what I want to do, except for totally different, You're, but it's, the same it's, thing. It's, it's, it's <laughs> what I like about this. And I've always wanted to write a book about this actually. Like truthfully, what I love about our scenario yeah. is it's both sides. It is both sides with like the same common pr- purpose. Purpose, yeah. Yeah, because like all I wanted was to be able to have somebody that I could talk to. The first person that I told um, my situation to like and was honest with 
was my endocrinologist for my diabetes. The second person who didn't already know, I should say, because there were a few select people, of course, who knew. Um, But the second person was a counselor, and she threatened to call DCFS on me. And like... Nice. Yeah. So like instantly my trust was broken. Yep. So all I wanted was somebody that I could say, this is what I have going on and I'm completely stuck. I'm lost. I'm lost. And the thing is with meth is that it's such a dirty word. Yeah. So dirty. Mm -hmm. People don't want to say it. People don't want to admit that they're addicted to it. People don't even want to admit that they were addicted to it because it's dirty. Yep. So I didn't want to be like, Hey, (laughs) this is my problem because there's so much stigma. And then have the spotlight on you. Yeah. Like as a person who is having this drug problem. So I felt completely isolated besides the person who was actively using with me. Of course he knew everything. Mm-hmm. But we were in the same boat. Yeah. So we like we couldn't help each other out. No, you were rowing in circles. Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, I'm going to say this, not knowing if it's a fact, but my opinion is, is I feel that he was a little more self-aware than I was. Hmm. He he knew he used longer than I did. Yeah. Um, and I, he ate and he slept. And he would get upset with me when I did not eat and when I did not sleep. So I think his wits were a little more to him yeah. than mine were. Yep. But that still doesn't mean you're in a place where you can help or yeah. help someone else or help yourself even. Right. Right. So, yeah. So that's exactly why I'm doing this. I, I want to be a person who can help somebody who can't help themselves. or Exactly. Or just show people that it's okay. Like. Anybody, if anybody, you just, you just said something that when I was a kid, I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I was so embarrassed because I literally thought mm-hmm. I was the only one out there on the planet that, yeah. that was living through this situation because nobody talks about it. No, no. It was it, back then, especially, you know, oh. you, you sweep it under the rug. You don't talk about it. Everything's exactly. fine. And then you just. You watch watch a uh, child's mental health just completely erode and decay. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because well, and people don't know how to broach it. Nope. Because one, if what if they're wrong, right? Yeah, what yeah. if they're wrong? They don't want to say anything, so nope. they just kind of sit back and watch. Yep. And in my opinion, it's like the worst thing you can do. It's, it's just the worst. A, a sit back and watch. Yep. Because there's so many people I can. Off the top of my head, think of a few individuals who, that's that's what happened. They sat, Someone just sat back and watched. Turned a blind eye. Turned a blind eye. And I don't even know, the one family I'm thinking of, I don't even know where they are right now. Like, they disappeared in the middle of the night, not to be seen again. Really? Yeah. And they were using... I know they were actively using when, because I know this, and this is going to sound messed up, but I know this because she comes up to me and she goes, I want you to know, because her daughter actually was friends with his, 
with my ex's daughter, um, who's also I'm really close to. She's like, I know you got in trouble, but I want you to know it's okay. We're still okay with you and the fact that our daughter was down there with you. And her daughter was getting taken better care of over at my house. And I'm going to tell you, I was not a great parent. I will 100% admit when I was using, I was the shittiest parent. I'm very grateful my kids made it out of it. You're polar opposite now, though. Polar opposite. Polar opposite. Polar opposite. My kids are my life. Yep. But they weren't. I mean, and I don't. That's a whole nother subject. I'm not even going to get into that. But yeah, so she was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Because I tell you what, if I found out my kids were at somebody's house <laughs> that was using, I would not say to the parent, even yeah. as somebody who has lived, lived experience, I would not say to the parent, oh, no, that's perfectly fine that my kid was at. Nope. No. It's not okay. No. It's not okay. I will help you get help. I will assist you in any way I can. But my kid is not coming over to your house until I know it's safe. Exactly. So I know. It's like, girl, you're not fooling anybody. (laughs) And then, like, after I got arrested, a bunch of people added me on Facebook. And it's like, I know why you added me. (laughs) I got arrested. I don't have any drugs. I'm sorry. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) The Facebook requests were insane. And it's like, girl, you know. (laughs) If they're watching me, they're going to be watching you too. I don't know why. Exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking that this is a smart idea. Gotta love people. You do. It's like, geez. I'll help you. I But see, I wasn't willing to help anybody until I got, had some sobriety underneath my belt. Yeah. Makes sense. So I didn't put myself in any situation. Yeah. So you have to protect your sobriety. Absolutely. Anyways. You know, that's the one thing I, I can <coughs> 1,000 commend you for. Like you are stone cold when it comes to your sobriety and I fucking love it. Like you are yeah. like you, the, you can tell your bullet, not, I don't want to say bulletproof because I mean, you're human, right? 100% human. Mm-hmm. And no human is truly bulletproof, but I mean, you, you really have rebuilt yourself and become a mental, like, like straight up, like in my mind, when I think about it, like queen status, right? Like you just have <laughs> Thank this. You. No, really? Like you, you've elevated your, your thought process to the point where like you, it's it's not it's not even a thought. It's not an exception. It's just done. It is, and you know, and that's the weird thing. And I gotta be honest. <laughs> and I feel so bad because there are so many people who say, it, "Every day is a battle. Every day is a struggle. Every single day." And I don't view every day as a struggle. I don't. Right. I'm. I'm fortunate enough. You woke up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't get me wrong. Like there's moments where it's like, man, whew, I really could clean my house. You know, it would help with that. But you like, and then it's like, I can't, you can't think about things like that. You know, Mm -mm. you actually, it's weird because statistically, and I'm going to have to double check the statistics on this because I have a, my brain is not fully functioning still from my residency week, but statistically it is, there's a higher probability of you using 10 years after, like t- after 10 years of sobriety than this there is, is after three months. Yeah, no, this is, I've, I've read this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's because your guard's down, yep. right? Yeah. You, like, like, you, you became comfortable. Yep. You're like, I'm good. Yeah. But you're not. Uh-uh. That's the thing about the human mind. It's tricky. It is tricky. It's tricky. Very tricky. It can, can be controlled or it can be complete chaos. Yeah. Or it can control you. Exactly. And I also want to say real quick, when you were like, my guard's up. <laughs> Bitch, you barely know me. And <laughs> can we just say for a minute? I was, I knocked down that wall shortly after I met you. Don't even lie. You're like, my guard's up. I don't let people in. Lies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Lies. I'm going to call bullshit on that. It's, cause I, I have a, it's a, because I have a glowing personality. It's because I like you. <laughs> like we, re- we can relate, you we know? We can, actually. I think the first time I met you, we started talking yeah. about this, actually. Yep. Yeah, because you had said something. I think it was about, um, we were talking about anxiety and depression medication. Yeah. And that like started a whole thing and we're like, oh yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, you were on that too? Yeah. <laughs> you hate, you hate uh, anti-depression medication? Yes. Yeah. Me too. It makes you feel like a zombie. It does. Not it's, a huge fan. It's but. terrible. <laughs> yes. And then, and then when you try and like, when the doctor's like, okay, we're going to either A, we're going to take you off of it, which is that that's a train wreck. That's a whole other shit show. Yeah. yeah. Or when they, my favorite though is when they always upped it oh. because then you're like what? completely skits down to your mind for a minute and you have no idea what the hell's going on. Somebody could punch you in the face and you're going to look at them and go, okay. Okay. You know? Yes, sir. I'd like another. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, the whole, now that's a whole nother episode. That is a whole nother episode. Anti-depression and anti-anxiety medication because I have very strong views. We don't got that kind of time. No, no, we episode. don't. No, we don't. <laughs> because now I will say though that I do believe for some individuals, anti-anxiety and anti-depression. Oh, knocking stuff over. It's the gold microphone. <laughs> it's the gold microphone. But for some people, it's really beneficial. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If it's dosed right. <laughs> yes. If it's the right medication and the right dosage, I just have from a clinical background, like from what I'm learning clinically, don't always agree with the why, the who, what, when, where, and why of antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication. So that's my own thing, but as a future clinician, the, it's not for me, it's for right. them, right? Exactly. So yeah. I'm trying to get myself out of that frame of mind because every time someone's like, I'm on anti-anxiety medication, my face just goes, oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's like tonight you were like, you, you noticed that I, I'm more like in tune. Oh, yeah, you were everything. so focused. Well, like, so before I was on Adderall, I, we need to stop this because we're going to end up going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, but anyway, we're going to go right back to this. <laughs> we got to stop, but I'm going to continue. <laughs> I was dosed too high on Adderall. Oh. And then I got off of it, mm. but I know that I need to be on Adderall. Mm-hmm. So one of my buddies was like, and this goes back to, you know, the old school days. Why don't you microdose it? So it's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> Love it. So I went back to my doctor and I explained like, Hey, this, I want to get back on Adderall, but I, w- I only want to do a low dosage yeah. and I want to take it as needed. So yeah. then that might, that way my body isn't constantly striving and, wanting it and whatever right so i just do five milligrams as needed so some days i might take 10 or some days i'd take five or some days i don't take any and i don't have that roller coaster of crazy um it's so funny that you said that do you have extended release 
I was on XRs. Now I'm on immediates. So my kids both take Adderall. Yeah. Ethan's on 20. Um, he's been at 20 for a minute. Yeah. Um, but they don't take it every day. Yeah. Um, they take it for school and only for school. Colton, he's on fives right now. He just started taking it and he, uh, so he cannot swallow a pill yet. I'm 35 years old and I can't swallow a pill. I, I say that. I say that out loud. I'm doomed. Then that's I, I not giving me hope God for the you, future. I can't. I have to use food. <laughs> oh my gosh! I have to put his in food too. Applesauce. Do you use Apples. applesauce? No, I use grapes. You use grapes. I use grapes. I chew up the grapes and then I throw it in my mouth. Oh. Like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just open his and put it in applesauce. <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. uh, So that's (laughs) that's if anybody wants to know my like embarrassing secret, is that you can't swallow a pill. I'm 35 years old and I cannot swallow a pill. I find that so funny. Like, like I can't. Like physically, you just like I cannot. So we know that. Yeah. I cannot offer you Tylenol before without crushing it up for you. Basically, Hold on. Basically. Let me mix this with some grapes. Oh, I gotta when we get to going down the road, I gotta tell you the story about my mom crushing up Prozac and putting it in my dad's Coke for every Sunday growing up when I was a kid. Great story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> We're gonna have to just like every once in a while just be like story time. Yeah, I, it's a great story, trust me. <laughs> oh, uh, I do not have experience in that, and I am grateful. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now I'm going to be honest with you. Now I'm like picturing this horrible vision of me always having to like open Colton's Adderall capsules to put in an applesauce. He's going to be 20. Mom, can you please just open my? Oh, it's terrible. Just... Oh, okay. I can't. I can't do it. I'm going to have to find him a good like reminder person like to help me with this as he gets older like, when he moves out you need a roommate buddy because i can't keep doing this i'm not coming to your house and opening your medication for you <laughs> i'm sorry and i don't trust you to do it either right <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy but that's so you and colton have a lot in common you're yeah. on the same medication yep. um, except his is extended release yeah, I, so I was on the XRs and then I went to the immediates because the XRs, my body, like, I don't know what it is. So ever since I've stopped drinking caffeine for the most part, like when I say stop drinking caffeine, I'll have maybe one caffeinated drink a day. Yeah. And if I do, it might be like half. So like ever since I started doing that, the immediate release lasts like literally, like I took mine at probably nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock this morning and it's still. Really? Yeah, it's still kicking. Yeah. I've changed how I eat and how I do things and like I cut out caffeine for the most part and I just drink well as you know I drink a ton of water or I'll drink Gatorade and yeah it has a big effect really yeah well see the boys don't drink pop anyways like they yeah I don't drink any soda either maybe Sprite Zero I love Sprite Zero um Sprite Zero is good. I'm kind of a, I'm a Diet Coke. I mean Diet Mountain Dew. I forgot yeah, what I was drinking. You do like that Diet Mountain Dew. I do. And Diet Coke. I don't know. I don't know My why. My mom used to put vodka in Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> and the lemon lime Gatorade. <laughs> and lemon lime Gatorade. All I remember was those glass bottles. Of Diet Mountain Dew? No, of the Gatorades. Oh, Remember yay. those big, huge glass bottles yes. with the pop tops on the... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they've... 
thankfully they've gotten away from almost anything glass, glass with beverages because yeah. the snapples were like that too and i love those snapple apples I know, man they were good but you could drink one of those in one gulp mm-hmm. so um but anyways so i stay away from those because those are pure sugar yeah and even though i love pure sugar i actually have a candy part in my purse just in case i wanted a snack i'm a gummy guy See, I like gummies. It's funny. So does Colton. I love fruit snacks. Oh, you are doomed. I am. And here's another thing. He loves working out and jogging and like he eats healthy. So like Ethan, he's my like, he will eat junk food. Like he's super picky, blah, 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 blah. That's like our, that's like my, you know, our second boy. He's, He's a little picky little shit. See, and Ethan's my oldest. Yeah. Now see Colton. Colton, he'll take, walk around with a brat, eat it. He loves grapes. He'll sit and eat a whole bag of grapes. Oh, there's nothing better than grapes. Oh my gosh, grapes are so good. But yeah, so like I have to keep grapes in stock because he'll be like, where's those berry things? <laughs> you mean grapes? <laughs> those berry things. But do, yeah. Do you freeze your grapes? No, because I my teeth. Yeah. Oh. I have my, once I get all my teeth fixed. Ooh, dang, Even dang that, this golden mic. Yeah, so the backstory: these microphones are gold. And she just, she's obsessed with it. I'm not obsessed. You're obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time we were here the other day. I wish, like, I and... wish. Well, now I hit it, see? But I wish I would have had a camera for your face at that given moment. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the camera that you're planning on putting up there I in am. the corner. I am. <laughs> there is going to be a camera up here. <laughs> the facial real expressions <laughs> we'll have to turn the mics and <laughs> look that way look that way yeah yeah um anyways we went like down a hole like, we went down like three different rabbit holes yeah we did we need to dig back out yeah we do i don't <laughs> my phone just up go ahead go you 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 do something do I need... you want me to do something yeah Hmm. We're at 30 minutes. Okay. I think we should call it good then. I agree. Call it good for 30 minutes. Yeah. We'll stop ta- taping. Oh, this is going in it. <laughs> <laughs> this right now where we decide whether we should stop, stop. recording. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this is the raw side. <laughs> <laughs> Of the recording. I feel like being more structured this time, though, was... It was better. It was better. Yeah. It was. I do know that I need to, like, readjust. This is Ashley. And this is Scott. Thank you for listening to Recovering Loudly.